Hello, Tal Eliashi. Welcome to Benzinga Interviews. It's nice to have you. Pleasure to be here. So it's interesting that behind you is a wonderful piece of artwork of Charlie Brown and Snoopy that uh, you told me before we hit record that your daughter did. So for the listeners who might not be able to see it, it's, it's a beautiful painting. And for those watching this on YouTube or anywhere else where they have a visual, uh, it's obviously a wonderful work of art. And that ties into a lot of blockchain technology these days in the in form of NFTs, uh, which we will discuss on this show, as I understand that you are an NFT expert. Right. Uh, but before we get into that, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Spice VC. This past year has been pretty much an ugly one for the crypto space, uh, anything related to blockchain. But when it comes to Spice VC, uh, you guys have a lot of good news, uh, especially for investors. So I'd like to talk a little bit about uh, the first Spice Fund, which, uh, well, you would do a great job in, in better explaining that than I would. So what was the, uh, what was the um, accomplishment with that fund uh, that just closed? Yeah, so Spice One, uh, our first, uh, our first uh, fund that is focused on the blockchain ecosystem, launched uh, in 2018. Uh, by the way, it was also a tough time to launch because you remember that uh, 2018 was a year where crypto went down uh, significantly. Um, and um, the fund is uh, fully invested at this point. It's a venture capital fund. We invest in uh, companies that uh, build significant components of the blockchain ecosystem, uh, companies that build platforms and uh, services that we feel will benefit the most from the growth of this ecosystem. Uh, and um, we, um, most of the uh, investment period where we invested in portfolio companies was 2018, 19, and 20. We made uh, investment in 17 companies. Um, the performance of the fund is, um, is through the roof. Um, the IRR is over 50%, uh, and the multiple of the fund is, is above uh, 6x. But I think mm -hmm. the most significant achievement this year, given everything that happened uh, this year in crypto and blockchain, um, is that we made, uh, we just completed our second distribution, uh, proceeds distribution to investors. Uh, it brings the uh, distribution to uh, investment capital uh, to 82%, which means that 82% of the original capital that was invested in the fund was already distributed back to investors' accounts. Um, and they're still invested in a fund that is uh, way above 5x what they invested which is pretty significant for a VC fund, pretty significant for a year like this. So this is great. And um, we're now um, in the process of uh, capital raising for SPICE2, uh, second fund focused on the same uh, ecosystem with the same investment strategy. Um, I think more exciting times. Um, what happened in the um, crypto and uh, blockchain space this year actually positions VC funds uh, um, much better in terms of uh, investing at more reasonable valuations. Uh, and so um, uh, I think that if we uh, continue with similar performance, uh, we will probably end up with uh, much better performance for uh, Spice 2 than Spice 1. Even. 
So say I'm, I'm, an, I'm an investor, I want to get involved in this space, but I feel a little bit timid in recent months because of the FTX fiasco and all of the bankruptcies that are now piling up. What do you tell me? I mean, I have plenty of money to spend. I don't really. I'm playing a role here. But if I did and I want to get involved in Spice VC, what's your pitch? What do I get? How do I buy in? So, um, you know, there, there are two things I'll say about uh, the blockchain ecosystem. One, any portfolio needs to have some exposure to the blockchain ecosystem. I'm not talking about crypto. I'm talking about blockchain ecosystem. Uh, blockchain ecosystem is, is uh, way bigger than just crypto. Crypto is just a sliver within that. Um, and the reason is that um, it's a revolutionary technology that will uh, impact almost every industry, definitely every transactional industry we're aware of over the next 10 to 15 years. So uh, investment in that ecosystem um, is expected to produce uh, more than 50% CAGR uh, per year for the next uh, 10, 15 years. This is phenomenal and unheard of in terms of uh, investment in, a, in an ecosystem or set of industries. Uh, and this is why every portfolio needs to have an exposure to this. The problem is it's a very new domain, relatively speaking. It's very complicated. It's very broad. It impacts many, many industries. Um, and um, the technology keeps changing at a rate that is totally unprecedented. I mean, if you mm -hmm. compare it to the Internet revolution, for example, we're 40 years into that revolution and it's not done yet. Yeah. You were talking about a revolution that will take 10 to 15 years and where with the Internet revolution, the basic technology remained the same uh, with blockchain. The underlying the foundation technologies keep changing. So it requires a lot of understanding and staying up to date in order to invest in this industry. And so it's very hard for investors to make individual bets on companies um, and have a decent uh, shot at success. And, you know, FTX is a good example to, uh, to that. Um, investing in a VC fund gives you broad exposure to this industry through a team that is focused on investing in multiple portfolio companies. You know, Spice One was 17 companies. Spice Two is going to be around 30 companies. Um, and so you're um, spreading your, uh, your investment and incre increasing your uh, probability of seeing significant returns from that. Um, the VC industry, by the way, in general, is very uncorrelated to uh, market uh, movements. So, you know, people are very concerned about investing in current market conditions, need to be aware that um, VC investments are totally uncorrelated to the market. So it's a piece of the portfolio that needs to be there if you can afford to have that, um, that uh, will give you long-term returns that are uncorrelated to short-term market movements. Hmm. So, How? Um, yeah, and I'll say that the last thing about uh, Spice, uh, Spice 2 in terms of the pitch, it's already the second VC fund uh, that is focused on this industry that we, uh, that we manage. The first one, uh, performance is stellar, uh, and hopefully the second one will be the same. There are very few, if at all, second funds in this ecosystem. Most of them are still first funds.
So they're still building their track record. So you said before that Spice 2 is probably going to have 30 companies in it. Yeah. How do you find your companies? What do you look for in a blockchain startup? Well, it's not very different than uh, any startup. Um, we look and it's very hard to say what's more important because everything is important. But team is uh, paramount for uh, success of a company. Um, we invest in uh, early stage companies, not very much at the beginning, but after a company already has a product and market presence and their um, uh, market indicators that you can look at, clients, customers, and so on. Um, so we're looking for a business model that we feel um, is um, right and reasonable with it, where the market is going. We're looking, for, we're looking for a company that is in a domain that we believe will grow significantly over the next uh, uh, five to 10 years. Uh, we're looking at technology uh, and products that are unique uh, and a team that we believe that with their business plan, they can really dominate their corner of the market. Um, mm. And, um, you know, there are a lot of environmental uh, factors as well, because every company is really a piece of a bigger ecosystem. Um, it's very important that their business assumptions on what will happen around them jive with ours um, so we believe that their uh, their model is is sound given where the market is going but at the end of the day it's also important that the team is one that we feel is a fit for the business model and is strong enough to be able to navigate the waters even if things change um, and they can still navigate the success and um, so, and this is no different in the blockchain domain than any other um, uh, startup. So you mentioned something that uh, I always try to see how people find talent in this space, because like you said, it's a very young industry. How do you deepen your bench? What kind of experts does Spice have that other firms don't have? Uh, I imagine finding true experts in the blockchain space because it's such a young industry, is very, very difficult. So, you know, I come from many years um, in uh, the financial industry and um, uh, other transactional industries. So lots of uh, operational ex experience, uh, technology experience, business experience. Uh, and I'm also a serial entrepreneur, so I sat on both sides of that uh, table. Um, and um, I've also been involved with the blockchain domain since 2016, 17, mm -hmm. uh, very, uh, very deeply. Spice um, is the first uh, fully tokenized, uh, Spice One is the first fully tokenized VC fund. Um, our um, token, our digital security was the first digital security in the world to be traded on a fully regulated digital security exchange. Uh, and we've done a lot of firsts in the blockchain domain, um, not only as investors, but in actually uh, using blockchain to further our, uh, our business and building systems around that. Um, it puts us uh, very much in the heart of the blockchain ecosystem. We know the ecosystem from the inside. We have a very strong um, brand name within the industry. 
So obviously our access to, to talent um, and our access to companies uh, is very different than any outsider looking in into the ecosystem. Uh, but you're right, uh, it, finding talent in the blockchain domain is, is not easy. Um, and um, um, you know, my, my uh, co-founder and partner in, uh, in Spice, uh, Carlos Domingo, has been in this domain uh, even longer than I have. Uh, and is also considered uh, one of the visionaries in the uh, digital security space. Um, and, um, you know, it's not just about blockchain. Um, we have uh, other partners uh, uh, that come from a uh, long uh, venture capital investing and private equity investing uh, so the discipline and being able to look at companies and being able to assist companies in growing and moving towards uh, healthy exits and so on is also uh, very, uh, very significant. So my Swiss partner, uh, Rene Eichenberger, for example, has started and, and managed uh, seven funds before Spice ranging from $200 million to $10 billion in uh in assets. So, you know, you build your expertise, not just around blockchain, but around investing in companies, helping them succeed and, uh, and so on and screening companies and, and, uh, and so forth. So with your background, you've, like you said, you've done a lot in, across all different corners of the financial world uh, in different industries. Why blockchain? You could have done anything probably. So um, <laughs> it's actually very interesting when we um, uh, started Spice in uh, 2017 and started looking, uh, building our uh, investment strategy and focus and so on. Um, it was the height of the ICO uh, period in the world. Um, and we looked at this uh, and it was clear to us that this is going to go away because it's... Uh, um, it, it's not going to jive with regulations and so on. But the technology struck, uh, struck us as a, uh, um, an amazing technology that will impact all uh, capital markets uh, industries. And coming from capital markets, um, you either see it or you don't. But I saw it back then and it was clear to me that blockchain technology and distributed ledger technology has the capability to solve a lot of the problems of uh, financial industries that became more and more complex as those industries became more regulations and as, as more regulated and as, as more players uh, started forming in those industries. Um, and blockchain technology offers very simple solutions for automating a lot of the processes that uh, make those industries really, really complex. So we said, Financial industries is a huge cluster on its own, and it was clear that other industries um, like supply chain management and, uh, and so on are going to benefit from this as well. Um, it, it is a domain that is worth investing in. Mm. I, I know that a lot of people back then were thinking crypto as the main thing that, uh, that will come out of this. Crypto is what contributed blockchain technology to the world, um, but then blockchain technology got, got a life of its own. And it was clear to us that this will be a very significant domain to invest in. 
Um, and we were betting that it would be experiencing an, a, uh, an exponential growth that is unprecedented, which was the case. So, so Benzinga has this event coming up on December 7th and December 8th in New York called The Future of Crypto. And a lot of the dialogue at this event, they expect to talk about this past year and what happened. And cryptocurrency and blockchain, they're intricately tied together. It's the technology that underpins yeah. cryptocurrency. What surprised you in 2022? What, what did we learn? Because looking back, there was a lot going on. It's a mixed bag. It, it is a mixed bag. Uh, 2022 was a very, very uh, eventful year, and it's not over yet. So we have another uh, uh, almost a little bit more than a month of uh, potential eventful period. But um, I, I think we've we've seen several things. One, the the um, cryptocurrency industry um, has grown really, really fast, um, and it's grown wild with no regulations, no oversight. Um, and if you look at some of the things that happened, um, you know, you mentioned those events anywhere from the Terra Luna crash, uh, Celsius collapse, uh, Black uh, BlockFi, um, uh, and uh, and there were a bunch of others, but now uh, FTX. A lot of things have nothing to do with crypto. They have to do with lack of regulations, lack of transparency, lack of um, uh, corporate uh, governance, lack of um, uh, financial um, experience and lack of fiduciary responsibility of people running those companies and fraud. I mean, a lot of this was plain fraud. Um, and... Um, this, the, the, I think the reason we see this more here is because uh, crypto has grown so fast and was very attractive for bad actors. And also because there were no regulations um, to speak of at, at, a, at a decent level for financial activity, because this is financial activity. You can argue about what crypto really is, but the, the type of activity that takes place, whether it's uh, banking or, um, or lending, uh, or trading, or providing investment advice, um, or managing risk between investments and lending, and so on, are very complicated domains that require a lot of uh, oversight and a lot of experience. And this didn't exist here, right? Mm -hmm. We the industry grew based on technology and automation, and much less about learning from the traditional financial industry that is already. Um, learned a lot of things that were written in blood over the last 40, 50, 60 years. Uh, so I think what will happen now is some maturation of the crypto industry. Uh, we'll see definitely more oversight and, and regulations, although um, U.S. is in a, in a very strange place because of the kind of deadlock situation in the houses and so on. It's going to be very hard to pass any meaningful regulation in the net or any meaningful legislation in the, in the next uh, uh, two years, I would guess. Uh, but I would see much more focus on regulation and oversight in, uh, in the industry. Mm. Um, and even good players, not just the bad players, uh, are lacking someone that will focus in uh, and um, prescribe ways to uh, uh, 
to act. I mean, if you look at Coinbase, for example, uh, Coinbase is publicly traded, so they're under a lot of scrutiny and uh, have significant reporting uh, responsibilities and so on, uh, and much more transparency than any other player uh, in, in the crypto domain. But most of the licenses are still uh, money transfer license. Uh, it's not an exchange. It's not, not licensed as an exchange. It's not licensed as a um, as a someone managing deposits. It's not. I mean, and, but a lot of those activities really happen there, right? So unless it's looked at this way and um, and managed that way, then risk exists that doesn't exist in parallel organizations in the traditional finance. So we'll see that. I, to me, if you ask me what the what surprised me is the magnitude and the speed uh, in which things uh, happened this year. And yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, I, I think anybody, including people who were um, predicting doom and gloom, I don't think anybody was predicting that fast of, uh, uh, of, of the doom. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, I, I, you know, long term, I think we'll see uh, growth um, in the in the crypto um, uh, portion of this market. We'll see much more institutional involvement, uh, and this will drive more oversight uh, and uh, and processes around things. Um, and we'll see some changes uh, in how crypto is run that will make it uh, more palatable to uh, uh, to more institutional investors. To me, what's what was interesting is that uh, if you look at the behavior of institutional investors. They're still focusing on the long term uh, and still uh, investing in uh, creating crypto related capabilities. Uh, there were news from uh, Fidelity, for example, uh, only a week ago uh, about uh, enabling free trading of uh, crypto. Um, we've seen uh, uh, news from um, uh from uh, Goldman Sachs uh, with their uh, um, digital assets uh, categorization system, which is really significant here. All this investment is significant as part of maturing this market. Yeah? Mm. Um, so I think we'll see over time um, the recovery of this. At what pace? I don't know. Nobody knows. I unfortunately don't have the crystal ball, but I think it will happen. But I think the interesting thing is that... Um, Investment in blockchain capabilities, not crypto per se, uh, has continued full force. Nothing has changed. Um, most banks, most financial institutions uh, are focused on blockchain-related technologies and adopting those capabilities within their processing environment, um, whether it's uh, uh, in the securities industry where almost any major player is uh, adopting blockchain technology for um, registration and for um, uh, settling transactions and so on through payments, all the big payments players from MasterCard and, uh, and Visa to, uh, to PayPal and, and so on are all uh, engaged in blockchain technology and they're not doing it because it's cool, they're doing it because it's it necessary. is part of it. Yeah. It's necessary. Absolutely. Yeah. And that circles back to why investing in blockchain, right? Mm. Because it's necessary. 
I'd like to spend, uh, we have a few minutes left. I'd like to talk a little bit about NFTs. Uh, this year, the price of NFTs plummeted. Uh, we saw a lot of big companies over the past couple of years uh, get involved in the space. You talked about institutional investors. They're in it for the long game. A lot of institutional investors are looking at NFT uh, portfolios and ETFs. Uh, it's definitely got a lot of people excited, but this year the price went down um, a lot. Um, you had a lot of scrutiny in the, in the board ape area. And um, I think Warner media completely abandoned their NFT plans with CNN that grabbed headlines with no little to no explanation. Uh, and I'd like to read you a quote that I found uh, from a blog that I liked. Um, it's by Janice Greenwood. She said that uh, the ob it's, NFTs are the obvious next iteration in an art world that has become more like the stock market and less like the keeper of our culture's greatest creative treasures. And I thought that was interesting because as an illustrator myself, and as you said, your, your daughter is clearly a, an amazing artist with that um, Charlie Brown artwork behind you. Are NFTs art? What is the point? I, I, I still think that it's not clear to the, to the average person person that this serves any benefit to anybody. So NFTs blew out of proportion um, last year, as in 2021. Um, and I, I think the world forgot that uh, NFTs are basically a framework. NFTs are non-fungible tokens, and they're very different than the tokens that were used before, which are all fungible. Um, and it basically says a token that re represents something unique. Okay. So it's just a vehicle to do something. It's, it doesn't have a value on its own. It's a vehicle to do something. And it started evolving in the, um, in the art space, mostly because of digital art, right? The problem that it came to solve is in digital art, if I created the JPEG, how do I prove that I'm the creator? Um, and um, how do I prevent you from copying and saying it's yours, right? right. Um, and the NFT basically said, I'm going to wrap it in a token, and this token is going to be um, um, registered on the blockchain, which is immutable, and then I can prove that it's, that I, because I own it, it's mine, right? And the date is the first date this NFT is written, so nobody can claim that they did it before me, okay? Mm. Um, but the NFT itself is just a container that is holding my art. Right. In this case, if you're an illustrator, it can be an illustration. If you're a uh, photographer, it can be a uh, photo. It doesn't matter. Right. Um, it can be a, di a digital piece and it could be uh, representing a, um, a real world piece, mm. you know, uh, with the rights to that real world piece that I can sell. And that means if I sell you the NFT, I also need to deliver the, the real world art if it represents something in the real world. Um, the value of NFTs should be driven by the value of the piece of art that you're buying. And because it blew out of proportion and it became the, you know, rich person's, uh, kind of the, the high-tech person's Ferrari, uh, right. it got, NFTs got value on their own because they're NFTs. But at the end of the day, it's, it's what they represent. And, you know, it will come back to uh, the reasonable situation where, what NFTs do is they create more accessibility to artists, uh, to artists to their audience. 
they help in, in establishing provenance over uh, pieces of art uh, and so on. And also they facilitate some of the financial transactions. You know, one of the concepts that were added by NFTs um, to this world were royalties to the creator that, you know, go through the future generations and so on. So all these are very significant uh, uh, value propositions. Uh, if you let things calm down and you look at the real value of what is it that the NFT represents rather than an NFT is like a value proposition on its own. And I think right. this is, it makes a lot of, uh, this makes a lot of sense. I would also make, make a comment that NFTs as a framework are going to be extremely valuable uh, technology solution to things. Uh, we'll see them very, very uh, useful in healthcare industry. Uh, mm. it, it could be a concept that, um, you know, in the U.S., one of the issues we've been dealing with is the lack of uh, lifetime healthcare record of people because we keep moving between healthcare plans and so on. Um, this could be one of the keys to solving that problem and providing this. Uh, and it's nothing to do with art. It has to do with a technology concept that wraps something um, that is unique. Uh, it's definitely used in supply chain management today already. Um, for example, uh, a lot of um, a lot of luxury good producers are using NFTs in order to prove provenance and authenticity of items. Hmm. Uh, so good buying a Gucci or a Prada item, you get an NFT with it, and the NFT really proves the authenticity of that item because it goes back to the um, the company's system, and you can see the whole. Uh, chain of events that brought this item to you, right? And it proves your ownership of that item. Uh, and it's used in the healthcare industry to uh, prove authenticity of medicine uh, in the pharma industry, authenticity of medicine uh, and ability to track that these medicines have not gone through um, environmental exposure that uh, voids their uh, uh, validity and so on and so forth. So it's a very useful concept beyond the art world. But I think that in the art world, it will still be uh, very valuable to, uh, to creators and to uh, collectors. Um, and the fact that it calmed down is actually not a bad thing in the long run, uh, because we needed to, be, to go back to rational uh, way of uh, valuing NFTs. Yeah. And remembering it's the art behind it. It's not the NFT itself. So celebrities like Madonna, who paid a half a million dollars for the Bored Ape NFT, did they overpay? In my mind, yes. But you know, <laughs> um, at the end of the day, um, what determines the value of collectibles in the market, and I think you can look at Bored Apes as, uh, as uh, NFTs as, as collectibles and not just the pure art, uh, collectibles are um, uh, valued based on supply and demand. That's all, right? Something is really valuable if there's someone who's willing to pay a lot of money for it. So the market will decide if Madonna overpaid or didn't. Uh, obviously, when we recover from this crypto crash. But uh, but it sounds more like, uh, well, I, I love that you mentioned the, the benefits that it could bring to industries like healthcare, because that to me uh, makes a lot of sense. And in the terms, and, and I love that it, it's a, it solves a problem. Whereas 
in the art world, it's almost like the art of the commerce. It's the art of the buy, not the artwork itself that's Correct. making an impression yeah. on people. That's right. Um, this has been an excellent conversation, Tal. I'm so glad that you took the time to speak with us today. And I hope to keep in touch and have plenty more conversations as we look forward uh, to 2023. Same here. Thank you. Did you know nearly all stock price changes of 10% or more result from a single news headline? That's right. News headlines have a unique ability to drive stock prices up or down. These news catalysts create trading opportunities every day. All you need is a little help to reach out and take them. And if you're looking to grow your portfolio, it doesn't matter if your investment budget is small or big. An easy-to-read stream of news headlines will increase your opportunities to profit from price changes in the stock market, consolidate a knowledge-based investment strategy, and grow your portfolio. All you need is Benzinga Pro and its powerful news alerts, price tracking, and portfolio monitoring to make a positive change in your trading performance. We've already helped thousands of retail traders across the world, and they could not be happier. Increase your market knowledge, boost your exposure to big movers, and make informed trades before major price changes. The opportunities are all around you. Subscribe now, and we'll skyrocket your portfolio today.